This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Right now, there are a number of legal issues uh, on the griddle simmering away, and I wanted to get into them a little bit. And uh, who better to talk to on things legal than Global News Radio's legal expert? And that's Joe Newberger. Hi, Joe. Hey, how are you? Great to be with you. We haven't spoken in a couple of weeks. I know. Things are busy, I guess, for both of us. I uh, guess they are, and uh, busy today for me means uh, being John Oakley for the week. So uh, that's what I'll do, and you be Joe Newberger for the next 10 minutes, which yeah. I know you do well. Uh, there's there's a case that you're familiar with uh, that's unfolding in the Ottawa area right now, right. and it has to do with criminal charges against a bartender. This is a 62-year-old woman in a drunk driving case where people died. And the legal experts are saying, and you're a legal expert, so I wanted to talk to our legal expert, um, that this is a difficult kind of thing to prove where you're dealing with criminal charges that uh, in the history of uh, drunk driving cases and things stemming from uh, road, I won't call them mishaps, road accidents that uh, are connected to uh, drinking and uh, and alcohol in some way rarely wind up in uh, a criminal conviction. Is that true? Absolutely. In fact, in this case, uh, laying this type of charge in these circumstances, I think, is is a first. And if there would ever be a conviction in this case, it would be a total precedent-setting type of situation. Why is it? Well, you know, an establishment who's serving drinks to patrons um, does has a duty of care, but proving criminal negligence against somebody to have the foreseeability that what they're doing is then going to put at risk other individuals who are likely to be injured or killed in an auto accident is a very, very high threshold. And um, it's it's not similar to somebody who, I mean, I guess, you know, they're trying to liken it to some extent. If you remember the Elliott Lake um, mall collapse and how the engineers yes. had screwed up and, yep. and there was issues with respect to criminal negligence there. You know, is there a foreseeability as to what they're doing is going to lead to somebody dying? So there is some extension of this principle into criminal law. And I know also the impetus for this is the deaths related to drinking and driving is just getting higher. It's not getting lower. So it's a real substantial concern. In this case, however, again, in order for the Crown to try and establish a conviction, they have to reach a threshold of beyond a reasonable doubt to establish criminal negligence and that there was a, you know, a serious marked and substantial uh, move away from what's expected of a bartender and that she would have had all sorts of knowledge there would be a direct link to the accident and into the the injuries. And I think that's an impossible standard to achieve. So therefore, the likelihood of any conviction uh, of this woman on these charges is uh, slim to none, and that if somebody really wanted to convict her, they should have filed civil charges. Yeah, so a civil case, absolutely. So a civil negligence case would be far easier to establish the, uh, there's definitely a duty of care, and if there's a departure from the standard of appropriate care in the circumstances, that's on a, a balance of probability. So it's far easier. And then the liability of establishments who serve patrons, there's much more established case law in that regard. And then you're going after the company that owns the bar, and they have an insurer, and that can have a very significant impact as well from a deterrent standpoint for for owners of these establishments. So the concept of people that people have out there, and most of us have always thought 
if I go into a bar, they're going to stop me because it's their job to stop me. And in many cases, that's true. And in some cases, it's not. People get faced and uh, they go out and, and sometimes get into trouble and sometimes they don't. Mostly they do and should. But that said, that duty of care winds up being uh, civil if you really want to get anywhere. And civil simply means that the establishment that employs that bartender who served you is going to wind up with uh, some kind of pecuniary damages, maybe at worst lose a license, but uh, nobody's going to jail. Correct. Okay. But, but we, we don't underestimate the, the damages can be high, and it can have a deterrent effect for other companies that own pubs or bars so that they are uh, you know, obeying the standard of care which is in place and are cutting off patrons who are obviously too drunk, and if they have some knowledge that the person is driving, I mean, this will have a deterrent effect. But a criminal charge, I think, is is overreaching. Let's jump to another subject. York Region Police, as you may know, uh, brought in a policy probably about a year ago now. I remember it happening and we talked about it on the air then, and it was the naming and shaming uh, of drunk drivers. And uh, they're saying, we're discontinuing it. It really didn't work. Uh, And so I'm wondering why anybody would have believed in the first place that naming and shaming works. I might say that uh, I believe that Niagara Regional Police still do this. There are a lot of forces around that do. Do you think that there's any point in it? Or uh, do you think that the the tack that York Region Police is taking, which is uh, an educational one at this point, uh, and that education is call 911 and report if you see somebody driving erratically, do you think that's better? Well, it's much better to get a message out to the public about safe driving. If you see somebody who could be impaired, alert the police by calling 911. That's, you know, a very cogent approach to address uh, drinking and driving cases. But by naming individuals who are charged, first, they have a presumption of innocence. So when you're shaming them through the public, the public doesn't care whether there's going to be a trial, they're going to assume guilt. And so really what's behind this is you can't be hanging people out to dry like this when they haven't even been convicted of an offense yet. So it's a really poor practice, which I think is very prejudicial. And one could argue in some cases that if their name is out there and it's become public knowledge, maybe there could be a stay of proceedings because there's a, a direct and substantial breach of the right to be, uh, you know, the right to presumption of innocence. So I think they're skirting the issue right now because one of their comments was it's too potentially devastating because we might get it wrong and list drivers who are not charged or whatever. But I always think an educational campaign and alerting people to 911 and reporting drivers who you think are impaired is a far better approach. No, you and I and the York Region Police uh, agree. 911, if you see somebody driving erratically, even if it winds up being an illness, at least you get police intervention and uh, uh, hopefully stop them before anybody gets seriously injured. Let me move to one last one. You probably saw the video or heard about this issue of teens allegedly shooting fireworks at each other and at, and, and they some say into, a moving vehicle. And this was, uh, I guess, Monday night, which is when fireworks tend to get exploded, but never used that way. And Toronto police are doing what they should do, condemning the incident, uh, and they're looking for information on it. Um, what kind of, um, of uh, is it a misdemeanor or criminal charge is there involved if uh, you're a person who's found doing something like that? Because I think that's pretty serious. I, I think this is ridiculous. I mean, this could result in assault with a weapon. Uh, you know, a weapon can be a toothbrush. You know, I mean, I have dealt with domestic cases where somebody's thrown a uh, like a dish or something. So these teens run up to a car. The hand goes right in through the driver's side window and uh, firing off uh, fireworks. 
Well, that's very, very dangerous. So aside from this being some sort of a mischief to property, it can be an assault or an assault with a weapon because the potential is it could have caused very significant damage or injury. And this is not something should simply should be frowned upon. In my opinion, this should result in, in charges. It's a very dangerous act. When you watch that video, it's astonishing uh, what they're doing. I mean, it's just such callous behavior. I mean, I understand they're teens and it's stupidity, but you can't excuse this. It's very bad behavior. It's Toronto in the summertime, Joe, when a young man's fancy turns to doing <laughs> dumb stuff. Oh, I know. I know. But anyway. that being said, sometimes we got to intervene. Absolutely. Joe Newberger, th- Joe Newberger, thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. Have a great show. All Thank right. You. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Joe Newberger. We use him as our legal expert because he is one here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 